It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked on Thunder, since we haven't done any audio for a while, courtesy of our good friends at News OK, we will hear from Russell Westbrook and Billy Donovan. Both of these guys falling on the sword last night after the Thunder's loss to Memphis. I'll tell you which one deserves to fall on the sword and which one shouldn't. Plus, in segment number one, I'll tell you why this team, the team, not the organization necessarily, but the team is not committed to winning, and why last night was a great example of why the Thunder just keep doing things that will not be corrected during the playoffs. And we'll get into, if the Thunder are one and done, what does Sam Presti do from here? Is Billy Donovan in jeopardy despite him signing that extension? We'll talk about all that today throughout the podcast here on Locked on Thunder. Also, Jalen Rose brought up something I thought it was kind of funny today. Talked about the need for getting Steven Adams more involved in the offense. Well, I'll tell you how many touches Steven Adams is getting per game. And we'll discuss the whole the whole concept of the big three in Oklahoma City. And get into whether or not Oklahoma City has really truly had a big three. And why there is a big three here in Oklahoma City. But why Jalen Rose and maybe the rest of us have kind of been looking in the wrong place because there's a couple of other guys certainly making themselves extremely valuable to this team where if you wanted to market them as a big three along with Russ and Paul or these particular players with Russ and Paul, then you would be hitting the nail on the head maybe more so than marketing Steven Adams. And then finally, um, coming up today as we talk about, you know, blame, etc., just what does the future hold for the Oklahoma City Thunder if this team is in fact a one and dunner in the playoffs. So all that's coming up today on Locked on Thunder. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I have covered the Thunder for five years. I am a credentialed member of the media. I host a website called Thunder Maven. You can find that at basketballmaven.io slash thunder. We post this podcast on Thunder Maven. We also do video. It's a lot of fun. And I'm very excited to see where that podcast or where that website is going in the future with this podcast, etc. So sort of in concert, but do me a favor and uh, check it out and feel free to comment on any of the stories that we have on Thunder Maven. So I, this is news. This is probably not news to you after watching the Thunder get manhandled by the Memphis Grizzlies last night. But it's very obvious, and it became very obvious to me over these last three games that the Oklahoma City Thunder, as a team, the guys on the court, are not committed to winning. 
And what do I mean by that? Well, one, it doesn't mean that they don't work hard. And it doesn't mean that they don't play hard. And when you're digging yourself out of double-digit holes, which the Thunder seem to do every single game, then you're going to have to play hard. And there was a time, let me see, I think it was midway through the second quarter where Markeith Morris got a big block and Schroeder ended up on the other end getting a layup. That showed me that, you know, there's still some intensity there. There's still effort on their part. They're still going over the game plan. They're still working it in practice, trying to perfect those those things to sharpen their game, those little things. But when it comes to the overall game plan, this team isn't buying in. And when you do that, then you're not committed to winning because it tells me that you don't want to play to your strength. Examples of that last night, first and foremost, and all these came within the first quarter of the game. One, the Thunder did not do a good job of attacking the paint at all. It looked like they hadn't seen Memphis' zone all year long. They kept settling for outside shots, especially Paul George, and they weren't falling last night for PG, who goes 5 for 15. Russ, again, terrible shooting night, and just were just bound and determined to shoot jump shots and not go in and, and attack the paint. And in Memphis's zone, watch Memphis play the zone. It's not like they were collapsing in the paint when the Thunder went in there. Yeah, you had a couple of guys that were challenging them at the rim, but if you keep going at them long enough, eventually you're going to go to the foul line. And all I can think is that the whole reason the Thunder don't want to go inside, maybe other than PG on a few occasions, is because nobody on this team wants to shoot free throws. Everybody's so worried about getting blamed for not hitting free throws that they're not going to do something as simple is take shots for them, which are more high percentage shots than at any point when they shoot from the outside. Thunder only scoring 46 points in the paint. It's a little off their average. They usually average about 51, 52 points per game. But in the last three games, they really haven't attacked the paint the way they should, only averaging 45. And look, you can a lot of that you can contribute to teams collapsing around them, making Russ kick out, making Paul George kick out, or or even Jeremy Grant, although when Grant usually goes into the paint, he's going to go. When Steven Adams goes, he goes. But you just didn't see the ball getting to Steven Adams enough yesterday, uh, yesterday in that first quarter, and um, you just didn't see Grant getting the ball and attacking it enough, and the Thunder found themselves down you know, 9 to nothing before they really knew what hit them because of all that. The other thing that you saw in that first quarter last night is the Thunder weren't really committing to turning Memphis over and getting out in transition and not letting Memphis get set back up in that zone. I feel like I'm almost talking about the OU basketball team here. Like I could have taken the podcast from Locked On Sooners when talking about OU a few times this year and just inserted it here. Um, and they give up two easy shots right off the bat in the paint. And one of them was that... Reverse layup that Dylan Wright hit um, last night on, on Russ. As a matter of fact, Russ was the one that gave up the first two easy buckets in the paint. So Russ wasn't committed on defense last night. This team just completely got... that They've been outworked twice now by Memphis the last two times that they've played them. And the one thing that the Thunder, the most alarming thing about the Thunder, through this game and even the win with Toronto that they had on Friday is that the Thunder keep allowing their opponents to dictate style of play. 
Thunder aren't dictating style of play. In the, the last time they played Memphis, they really didn't get going till about, what, six minutes left to go. And this is a Memphis team without Mike Conley. And it took you, there's six minutes left to go before you ever started taking control of the pace. You have got to take control of these games the minute you step onto the floor. And again, I don't think it's lack of effort. I just think they're not committed to the game plan. They're more than happy to let the other team control the game. They'll let it come to them. And if they happen to win, great. And if not, they're almost fine with it. Essentially, what they've got is the attitude of the Boston Red Sox. Okay, and I say this with all due respect to Boston Red Sox fans. You know you're going to win the East. It's early September, late August. You've got a 10-game lead on the Yankees. You go out west to play the A's and they sweep you. Or you're the Indians and you've got to go to Florida to play a crummy Devil Rays team and they sweep you which you can live with. You can live with those kind of turds throughout the year if you've got something locked up because guys are bored. But the Thunder have no reason to be bored. They have no reason to be inspired or uninspired because they're four and six in their last 10. And right now they're sitting in the eighth spot with Golden State licking their chops, ready to play them. And this is not Billy Donovan's fault. He fell on his sword last night. This has nothing to do with Billy Donovan. When you're an NBA coach, the best thing you can do to get your players ready, here's the few things you can do. You can give them the game plan. You can give them the scouting report. You can tell them the things that they need to do throughout the game. But ultimately, it's on them to go out and actually implement those things. You can call a timeout. You can make certain adjustments. And then again, it's up to the team to take that information and go out and execute. You're not there for rah-rah speeches. These guys are multimillionaires. They don't need that. They don't need you to be emotionally on their case. They just need to know that they they can go out on and, and play. So, Billy Donovan, you didn't need to fall on your sword last night. I absolve you from that loss. Okay, well, I, and I don't know what my absolving or blaming really does because I'm not that arrogant of a host to think that, yes, if I absolve you of a loss, then automatically it means something. Um, But Russell Westbrook, no, I put the blame squarely on Russ. I put the blame on Paul George. These are the guys that this team is supposed to be feeding off of, and they're just not, and Russell Westbrook copped to it last night after the game. Uh, No. Uh, Just sometimes it'll be like that, some nights. Tough game uh, with the circumstances, but uh, I'm not really worried, honestly. But we won't get ready for next game. The third Why? quarter, sorry. Why aren't you worried? Because I never worry, never panic. It's my motto. Don't panic. How do you impart that onto the whole team? That's my job as a leader to make sure that we all understand. Hey, two games you may have nights where you don't have it. Happens like that sometimes. That's, that's not the identity of this team. Uh, I take full responsibility of how we come out, especially tonight. Um, and that's my fault. Um, as a leader, I got to make sure that I have my guys ready for games like this. Um, and, you know, I take full responsibility, uh, especially in losses. Billy said, Billy said he felt like he could have done a, a better job as well, making sure the whole team was kind of ready for, for what was coming in. What, what do you think about just the collective way that guys take responsibility yeah, in the organization? Yeah, I mean, you know, he could do his part, but mostly as players, uh, that's my job, uh, to make sure that uh, my troops, my teammates are ready to go. Um, and i got to 
got to take responsibility for that. Can you panic just a little? Okay, maybe not panic, but at least show a sense of urgency. Yeah, Russ looked disgusted last night in the first quarter when he went to the paint and got fouled and went to the free throw line. But for some reason, that's not filtering down to the rest of this team. And the only thing that I can conclude is that you've got Golden State disease, which is awesome when you're Golden State and you've got skins on the wall, but you don't have skins on the wall. You have not earned the right to take it easy these last few games. And at this point, these habits are too much for the Thunder to overcome in the playoffs. And right now, it's hard to see them doing anything better than a one-and-done situation and being out in six games at the most. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next here on Locked on Thunder, the Thunder do have a big three, but we've been looking in the wrong place, and we'll tell you who it is right here on Locked on Thunder. Don't forget, you can download the Himalaya app to listen to this podcast, and then tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast in your car. That is always the best place to listen to Locked on Thunder. It's the Locked on Thunder podcast, your team every day. Also listen on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. If you're a renter or a homeowner, listen up because I've got a I've got a killer deal for you from the good folks at Wise. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. It allows you to see everything no matter where you are for only $20. That's right. That's what I said, $20. We're talking full HD. Image is so clear that you can't possibly miss a thing. There's night vision, which is very cool because you want to see things moving around at night. Plus, I just love the green that night vision is. And you can watch on an app. You can put the app on your phone and you can watch it live stream with that clear, sharp focus with eight times digital zoom. We're talking about 1080p full HD. Remember, this is just $20 that allows you to do this. So if you want to watch your kids destroy your house, like I kind of do, or actually I'd rather watch my dogs, and then you bust them when you get home, you can do so. Um, if you're going out and you've got food in the crock pot or you've got food in the, in the slow cooker and you want to watch it simmer, you want to put it on the stove, you can watch it. Um, you can watch your plants grow with time lapse if you're into that, which I actually, I kind of like that feature. Um, you can watch contractors repave your driveway. Hey, people coming to do work on your house, you want to know what they're doing, then the best way to watch is with the Wise camera. And what is great is you get 14-day cloud storage. That's right, 14-day cloud storage for just $20 and for just $10 more. For just $10 more, you can get 360-degree coverage. I don't know why you wouldn't check this out. So go to wise.com slash podcast and get the guaranteed lowest price. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you listen on the Himalay app. Himalay is really cool because it curates playlists for you uh, based on what you listen to. And we've got all the Locked On Podcasts there. We just launched our Major League Baseball podcast in time for uh, MLB season. But we've got Locked On Thunder and Locked On Sooners available as well. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. And remember, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcast as well. Jalen Rose made the comment today that he thinks the Thunder need to get Steven Adams more involved in the offense. And he went on to say that would create a true big three. Or if they would create a true big three, the Thunder would be a lot more dangerous in the playoffs. Well, okay, first of all, Jalen, from your lips to God's ears, but I started taking a look at Steven Adams' number. And I'm thinking, all right, so how many times does Steven Adams touch the ball per game? And it's 46. So when you've got a guy like Paul George, who is your only three-point shooter, on, or your only consistent three-point shooter on this entire team, when you've got a Dennis Schroeder who's going to drive, when you've got a Russell Westbrook that's going to drive, you've got a Jeremy Grant that can do everything that he does, how many more times do you want Steven Adams to touch the ball? 46 isn't anything to sneeze at. Do you want that up to 50? Do you want 55? Is that how much more you want him to be involved in the offense? And look, I get it. I understand. You watch the Thunder. There's that tendency for them to go away from Steven Adams. And in certain games, it feels like the Thunder do settle from outside like, oh, I don't know, yesterday. And the Thunder should go to Steven Adams. But I will tell you this. While I agree with pretty much everything that, that Jalen Rose said there, and I actually said more than what he did, the Thunder do have a big three, but Jeremy Grant is emerging as that third player, not so much Steven Adams, if for no other reason, Grant is the more versatile of the two players. And that's what this day and age of the NBA is all about. If you go back and listen to yesterday's podcast, we talked about defining that six-tool player. In the NBA, a guy that can defend, a guy that can score at the basket, a guy that can score from the outside, a guy that can rebound, um, which you know there, there's four right there. A guy that can, a guy that can handle as well as all that. Um, you need a guy that can pass. I mean, we we went through all the criteria of what a six-tool player in the NBA is. Jeremy Grant is a lot closer to that than Stephen Adams. And with Steven Adams being as limited as he is, I would tend to think that even though he's more marketable, your true big three is Grant, Westbrook, and Paul George. With Dennis Schroeder knocking on the door, being your only consistent bench player, and doing a killer job of um, scoring and making life miserable for, for other defenses, he's sort of working his way in there. Adams will always be your guy that you market, but I will. All, but I think that your true big three are your guys that do the most. I mean, and in Golden State, it's completely defined right now with KD, Clay, and Steph Curry. 
Well, in Oklahoma City, it should probably be clearly defined with Westbrook, George, and Grant, those being your big three. And I started thinking about the whole concept of, of the big three in Oklahoma City. And really, outside of that first incarnation of Westbrook, Durant, and Harden, I don't really think the Thunder have had a big three. I don't know if I can really consider Abaka with Westbrook and Durant big three. And certainly last year, last year, if you want to say Mello, George, and Russ, that's fine. But I would say it was Russ and the Pips last year. Wasn't a whole lot different from the year before because Paul George was trying to figure his way into the offense. Mello never really gelled as much as I love Mello. So it just never felt like... It was big three in concept, but certainly not big three in results. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we'll hear from Billy Donovan and talk about where the Thunder go from here. Remember to listen to this podcast on Himalaya. That's right, Himalaya, just like the mountain range. It's an app. It's an app for podcasts, and they will curate a playlist for you so you can listen to all sorts of podcasts. It's all right there at Himalaya. Just download the app for your phone. It's Himalaya. And check out Locked on Thunder and subscribe. You can also listen on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. This is Jake from Locked on. Locked on has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So glad you could be with us, and uh, we're, um, hey man, we're happy. We're happy that you're here. Even though it's been a rough stretch for the Thunder, we still love talking Thunder basketball here at Locked On Thunder. Don't forget to check out Thunder Maven. That's basketballmaven.io slash thunder. It's Thunder Maven, and... um, all the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network are also just great to listen to. We just launched our baseball channel. Um, Billy Donovan falling on a sword last night, and I think I've made it pretty clear throughout this podcast that Billy Donovan has nothing. Billy Donovan should take no blame for that game last night, despite what he said when everything was uh, over in his post game. I don't think there can be any excuses having two days, you know, in between the Toronto game. Um, you know, obviously as a coach, you know, when you have um, two days like that, you want to do the best job you can to try to help the team get prepared for what they're walking into and how do you build off of, you know, what happened in Toronto. And quite honestly, in, in doing that, I just didn't do a good enough job of getting them ready to play. And, and I think it started right from the beginning. 
I think I mentioned before the team that they've here. They've beaten Utah in here. And they've beaten Portland in here. And uh, now they've beat us in here. And that's not taking anything away from them because they deserve the game and they outperformed us, outplayed us, outcoached us, out everything does for 48 minutes. And um, the disappointing part is two nights ago you can see the um, the range of the margin of how we can be on one night and how we can be on another night. And if you're going to be a great team, the one thing that doesn't allow greatness is inconsistency. And we've seen about as large inconsistency as you can possibly see in a two-day period. So we have to all own this as, as players and coaches and as a team. And that's not who we want to be. And like I said, I think we have a, a good you know, feeling around our team with the way we played in Toronto. And that's great. But you know, Toronto's got nothing to do with now. And it takes an incredible amount of focus and concentration and effort and, and attention to detail to, to perform like that. And uh, we were playing catch-up the entire night. Going back to something Billy Donovan said, I can't really think of one move that was made by the Memphis coaching staff last night that said to me that, hey, the Thunder are getting out coached here. That just that that I'm not buying. I, I'm not buying into that at all. Um, I think it's just Bill. I, I, honestly, I think Billy Donovan is too nice. He's way too nice of a coach. And the Thunder right now need a guy who's going to put them on blast. And let the media know that he's sick and tired of his of, of, of his players' crap. The Thunder really need a Greg Popovich who will do that. And as harsh as that sounds from time to time, that's what these guys need. They need to be admonished. They don't need to be getting any more pats on the back. And Billy Donovan doesn't need to be politically correct because he has nothing to apologize for. His team should be apologizing to him. And in fact, they should be apologizing to the fans for the way that they played last night. All that being said, the Thunder, the stark reality is this. You don't have any, you don't have great wing play on this team. You've got Jeremy Grant. You've got Markeith Morris. You're still needing guys that hit the three. So what are you going to do when it comes to building this roster for next year? And are you willing to make some tough decisions and maybe parting with guys that you like on this team. Probably your most tradable assets, Jeremy Grant. I don't know if you want to get rid of him, but Grant could bring you some of that desperately needed offense that you need. I probably wouldn't part with him. Are you willing to part with Steven Adams? You're probably not going to part with Russ and try and build the team around PG. One, you might make PG mad too. I don't think anybody takes that contract. But nothing should be off the board. And anybody outside of Paul George and Russell Westbrook should be prominently mentioned in trade talks. There is nobody on this team, and as much as I like Jeremy Grant and Steven Adams, they're not difference makers enough for me to not make that move if I can upgrade. It's just a matter of can you upgrade? And do you feel like Jeremy Grant with another year is going to be worth more than somebody you get for him? Thank God I'm not making these decisions. <laughs> really thank God. Because, one, I don't think I could part with Jeremy Grant. Um, emotionally, it would be hard to part with Steven Adams. But this is all about winning now. And it's a very short window of opportunity that you're going to have here, depending on what Golden State does. And even if Kevin Durant leaves, I'm still not 100% certain that Oklahoma City or anybody else is going to be better than them in the West. But... 
that certainly gives you a better opportunity to get in there and try. But all this, all these are things that have to be worked out. And unfortunately, I think we're going to be talking an awful lot about it coming up here shortly. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. want to thank you for listening. We'll be back to uh, break down uh, the next game with the uh, Indiana Pacers, which is coming up uh, tomorrow at the peak. So until then, we wish you nothing but the best. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.